0: Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media. Welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com Eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss Jason Peters getting paid, the Eagles evolving injury drama, and we will preview the week one matchup versus Washington. Chris, how are you doing today?
1: I'm not bad at all. Not bad at all. Uh, Since we're recording this on a Thursday morning, it's been a pretty eventful morning so far, but... Hey, that's why we're in the business for to go ahead and deliver and give everybody the news and analysis that people are looking for on this Eagles team. But it's been been a busy morning.
0: Yeah, so. a busy morning, a busy morning. And that's exactly what it's been. Um, you know, as we reported before, uh, we stepped on to the podcast uh, spectrum. Uh, Jason Peters has received the pay bump that he so desired uh, to move back to left tackle. The Eagles... Have reworked his contract. He will now make four million dollars guaranteed, with incentives up to eight million. The previous contract, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, was uh, around two million. That could boost up to six million. Um, so you know he gets a basically uh, a, a small bump, or he doubles his salary in order to have a you know a, a worthwhile. Uh, payoff for both sides. I have
1: no problem whatsoever for them signing it. And it went ahead. It basically stemmed from watching Matt Pryor play left tackle. Matt Pryor is really good as an interior lineman or even right tackle on a pinch if there was something were to happen to Lane Johnson. But when you're playing the left side, switching from, he, he don't get me wrong, he had to not only switch from right guard, right tackle to the left side and then get his footwork down, and then, oh, yeah, by the way, in a couple of weeks, you're going to be going and doing this for in live action in the NFL. Yeah, It was just a tall task, and it didn't really have any depth at that left tackle spot to go and help him out. And I think when you look at what Peters can bring with that experience that he has playing the position, with his familiarity with the offense, it just makes sense. And money-wise, you didn't want to go ahead and try to delve too much into this, use more salary because you're going to have to roll it over next year but I think a pair when you look at what was out there and Courtney Glenn is good and I hate to say this cuz especially with the injuries happening his team but when he's healthy he's a good left ta- he's a decent left tackle but when you put apples to apples together he still I still go with Peters and then he's still, and then going back to Glenn Glenn would still have to learn this offense in there. so I think given the situation I think Peters is the better play when it comes to starting at left tackle
0: See from my perspective I would have just paid Glenn to be the swing tackle like I mean we're at this stage now where veterans are on the practice squad you know Glenn's not beating having his door beaten down for offers could you sign him to a cheaper deal and get him ready with the playbook for a while like Jason Peters could catch COVID next week and then you're in the same situation so I think the Eagles shouldn't be done at the offensive tackle position I'm still concerned about it I know Jason Peters is a much better left tackle than Matt Pryor but I also know That you're one, you know, positive COVID test away from having to replace guys. And so you need as much depth as you possibly can. Um, Doug Peterson said that, you know, Glenn's workout went well, but, you know, we don't know. Anyway, you know, the thing that really kind of stood out to me this week, not just Jason Peter, not just the Eagles caving and Jason Peters getting paid, was that Jalen Rager was at practice on Wednesday in full pads. He took punt returner reps he worked out with the wide receivers in, in, in individual drills he reportedly is set to miss week one um, here's to Sean Jackson on the first round rookie
1: oh man Jalen man uh, he's interesting cat man he's a young guy uh, with a lot of with a lot of confidence man since day one I, I saw his confidence level and uh, he came in nothing was too big for him um, you know he, he came in he earned uh, his respect um, he's put in the work and uh, he's made plays. So uh, I see a lot of upside to him. Um, you know, one thing I can't tell you about him, he got heart and he got confidence. So a lot of the other stuff, man, we we, we can figure it out later. You know, you, you, you give me heart, you give me effort and, you know, dedication. You know, we can work on everything else. So um, I think he has all the right tools and, uh, you know, it's good to, you know, get him back out there hopefully this week if his, uh, you know, shoulder holds up to it because Obviously, having more weapons out there is better for Carson and better for our team. So the more weapons,
0: the more the defense is going to have to worry about us. So uh, I appreciate it and look forward to Sunday. So, Chris, uh, Rager's obviously made an impression on Deshaun Jackson. They're pretty similar players. Uh, I would call Rager basically a Jeremy Macklin-Deshaun Jackson hybrid uh, for Eagles fans. Um, He's got more of Macklin's, uh, you know, body type but he's also he plays like Deshaun so he's an interesting guy to watch um look he was out there at practice on Wednesday a lot of reports have said that he's going to miss one to three weeks typically if you have a shoulder injury especially a tear you shouldn't risk it but maybe the reports are kind of not embellished but like one one doctor's opinion right because he clearly went for a second opinion you have to uh at this point in in the season in in his career and you know obviously he wants to get out there he tweeted a while back be back soon um maybe there's some gamesmanship here where the eagles were kind of cool with with it leaking out that he was going to miss a few weeks when real in reality he could be the starting wide receiver in week one um if he does have a shoulder tear, you know, Chris, you're no stranger to football injuries. Like to me, I'm not risking that. But then again, part of me says, well, if they're just going to play him next week, is it really that much of a risk? Where do you stand on all this?
1: The thing that had me, first off, I'll start with this. When you mentioned Macklin it's eerie because he even wears Macklin's number. So it's, it's kind of eerie that uh they're, they're very similar, but when it comes to his shoulder I really think he might be might be going, just for sort the of simple fact that we saw him when he was practicing. He was going back and re- catching, re- catching punts, and he had, the, at one point, there was the full starting punt team that was out there chasing after the ball when the coverage. You don't want to risk your number one, your first round draft pick, a guy who's maybe a vital part to your offense and a guy you put in different positions out there to inadvertently have somebody just run by hit his shoulder as he's going along and next thing you know he's out for three or four weeks so i think i think he went the moment he was out there on that field and he was doing that stuff i think it started to signal that hey you know what he he may be part of this game plan coming into week one and as you say it could be some game gamesmanship going on right now we know washington doesn't have any tape the eagles don't have any tape on washington what they're running maybe this is the eagles way of trying to Put a little doubt into the minds of Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio, and trying to game plan to see if he's going to be out there available. So, if I had to, if I had to put my thoughts, or if I had to put money down on it, I'd probably say he'll be listed as probable by the end of the week, and I think he suits up and is out there down at FedEx Field Week One.
0: You know, I I think you know we'll see. Like that's that's the issue right uh because now you can't be listed as probable it's only questionable doubtful or um, out and so but here's the thing though if he's not on the injury report he's that's basically him being as probable and that seems like a weird scenario for for them um i'm going to guess that he's going to be listed as questionable but here's here's the real root of uh, of what we need to talk about. Should he play if he does have a tear in his shoulder? To me, I'd rather have him for week two and give him the rest he needs. so I don't risk losing him beyond week one. But I also see the merit in saying, you know what? Let's put him out there because if it's just gonna be a week, it's just a week. if you If you feel like he's gonna be comfortable for week two, is it really that much of a risk in week 1 or that much more of an uh, of a raised risk in week 1? Where are you at with that? Would you play him?
1: I would just for one fact that it's a division foe. If he was okay if, if and the way the schedule worked out, I think you you're going to need every single division game you can, especially against the Dallas Cowboys and it's the that the, for prognostications and everything else going on. I think you're going to need every single division game when it comes to a tiebreaker. So if they started out week one against the Rams, I would say sit them. I, I definitely would. But the fact that they're playing Washington week one and he looks like he's moving around. And if he was anywhere over within the 70, 80% range, I probably play him. I wouldn't put, put him on a full pitch count. I wouldn't say, Hey, you know what? You're going to play every single snap on offense. I wouldn't do that. But I think definitely third downs. I think, if you use them rushing, spot, spot rushing, if you decide to do jet sweeps with them or even a little quick screens here and there, I'm cool with that completely. I, I just wouldn't put them out there every single play. And also we got to factor in he's a rookie wide receiver going to be in his first NFL game. So you got to watch out. You don't want to overexpose him, get him too much into too much stuff as well, too. So I would pro, I would still, no matter what, I put him out there week one.
0: So, you know, from there, let's kind of talk. You know, we talk about injuries with Rager. Um, to me, the Eagles are, are, are not just monitoring his injury, but two notable injuries on the defensive line that could really kind of shake things up heading into Washington. Um, Derek Barnett, who's been dealing with a, uh, a hamstring injury, um, he's been out. He was out for the entire padded portion of practice during training camp. He was limited on Wednesday. He's a guy that would start opposite Brandon Graham at defensive end uh in week one if you were ready. And then you have Javon Hargrave, their huge free agent signing, the defensive tackle, who's a co-starter with Malik Jackson opposite Fletcher Cox. Here's um here's Jim Schwartz on Derek Barnett.
1: I'm I'm still very bullish on Derek. I think he's he's gonna play a big part in what we do. He's tough. He can rush the passer. He plays with great effort. Um, you know, he's, he's not the biggest guy, but he's strong at the point of attack and the run game. I think he fits our system. Um, you know, he he has had some unfortunate, um, things with injuries, but, um, you know, he'll put those behind him.
0: So Chris, you've got two notable starters who have not practiced in pads at all this off season or this summer. Um, they had, you know, Hargrave wasn't at practice on Wednesday. Um, We're recording this Thursday morning. Um, And then Barnett practiced in a limited capacity. He wasn't in pads. If Barnett isn't ready to go, Josh Sweat would start. If Hargrave isn't ready to go, then um, Malik Jackson would start. I'm more on the cautious side. You need both these guys for the long term. So I don't know if I'm, I I know, I, I know the logic of a division foe and everything, but remember, the Eagles have a very good young defensive end in Josh Sweat, who, whose production was almost as good as Derek Barnett's last year um, with less playing time. And then Hargrave is going to be replaced by a former pro bowler. Um, so to me, I don't see the need to rush back. The step chart isn't like the wide receiver position. It's pretty stacked. Where are you at with all of this?
1: I think when I look at what's going on with this defensive line, this de facto mash unit that seems to be piling up, I definitely think, I think I'm think i more concerned about Barnett if he were to miss time because I think, like you said, you have a former pro bowler, Malik Jackson there, and I think a lot of people forget about Hassan Ridgway. I think he steps in and he does an admirable job in the middle playing that defensive tackle as well too. And the thing I, I'm more worried about is you know you're going to get that push up the middle between Fletcher Cox. Emily Jackson and then when you have a guy like Dwayne Haskins you're going to have to go ahead he's going to have to roll out somewhere he's, he's going to try stuff to pocket but it's going to be stuffed with those two guys there so he's going to have to roll out somewhere and if you have Brandon Graham going ahead from the, from the left side you need that backside rush to go ahead and help out so that's where I think if Barnett's not able to go Sweat's going to have an unbelievable, an unbelievable task to go ahead and try to provide that pressure and I know he's had a great training camp and like I would say, it's training camp. So I want to see him do it when it happens in a live game. But if I, that's why I really hope that Barnett is really ready to go. And if he's out, I think that's a, I think that's going to be a huge concern and a
0: big question mark going into Sunday. So here's what I'll say: after watching Joshua's first two seasons, being at his uh, pro day, I am a huge fan of that guy. I think he is a he's got tremendous potential as long as he stays healthy. Um, I'll make a prediction right now. He's he is a full time starter by week ten. Wow! So, look, he's flashed in ways that Derek Burnett hasn't. Derek Burnett's a very good run defender. He's tough as nails, but he's also injured all the time. And at some point with that fifth year option, you have to say to yourself, why would we risk a major injury? for him and guarantee that $10 million salary um, when he's not producing at a first round pick level. I'm not saying he has to have 10 sacks, but eight would be nice. Um, And then if Josh Sweat is playing as well as I project him to, it's time. Look, you might have to move on from Brandon Graham next year. Uh, They need to figure out what Josh Sweat is so they can make determinations on Barnett so that they can make determinations on Casey two Hill so that they can make determinations on, Hey, do they keep going back to the well with Vinnie Curry? Do they keep trying to get, you know, something out of Joe Osman? I think when you look at what happened with Sharif Miller, like the defensive end position is so weird right now because you've got a lot of coming and going over the next, you know, 48 months. And so, or sorry, uh, not 48 months, 24 months. So look, to me, I think they've got to figure out what Josh sweat is and it's year three. Um, He could, you could probably sign him to a cheap extension if he balls out this year. Um, I I think he's a guy to really worry about if you're uh, an opposing offensive line because you haven't seen a ton of tape on him and he looks mightily improved this summer compared to last summer and last summer he was very good. So um, I actually think that's a feather in the Eagles cap is that they can unleash this kid. uh, If Barnett can't go Um, speaking of unleashing kids, uh, a fellow 2018 draft pick Matt Pryor, he won't be the left tackle. We brought him up earlier, Um, but he is going to play right guard in week one uh, barring Lane Johnson playing um, at right tackle, uh, Doug Peterson had this to say about prior.
1: Yeah. You know, that was obviously valuable experience for him, you know, to, to step in and, and, and play, play that right guard position. Uh, he's comfortable over there. He, 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 and Lane work well together, uh, and, 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 and did last year and, 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 and whatnot. And, and hopefully, you know, he continues to grow in that position and, and, um, you know, he he's he's a big man, he's a physical man. Um, you know, he, he's he's done a nice job there. Uh, having played the position gives him, you know, gives him that experience uh, you know, moving forward and uh you know, hopefully he can uh he he can he can really take it and, and just kinda kinda roll with it, you know, and embrace the opportunity that he has in front of him and, and this will be really good for him.
0: So Chris, we talked about the offensive line nonstop over the summer obviously Andre Dillard going on IR wasn't ideal obviously paying Jason Peters to move over to left tackle wasn't ideal um but it's a lot more ideal than playing Matt Pryor at left tackle that said I thought Matt Pryor did a very good job in the playoff loss to Seattle um you know that's a big pressure moment to make your first career start and I thought he played well at right guard especially with Josh McCown having to be in there as long as he did and you had to hold the pocket while mccown looked for options tried to find his footing try to find his timing um i think he's going to do very very well at right guard um i was talking to duke manyweather the offensive line trainer based in uh texas earlier today just texting with him and he's like yep he's going to be great on the interior uh so i feel good about matt Pryor at right guard i think that's why jason peters moving the left tackle benefits the entire line how are you feeling about the the move to make Matt Pryor the right guard?
1: I feel a lot better because when you look at when he plays in space versus when he plays in his quote unquote elevator slash little box in that little area at right guard, he's great. I I, I feel like he can that's more of his game. He is more of his style. I mean he can go out to right tackle at times, but I think he's right guard is where he feels more comfortable. I mean, he's gonna have a great matchup going against Jonathan Allen. It's going to be a good test to begin with, too. But at least if he begins to struggle a little bit, at least he'll have Jason Kelsey right there to go in and help him out to pass along in, in the pass rush if it comes down to it. But I just really think that when you look at what Pryor brings to the table, I think it's a, great, it's a great thing. And then just think about the run game now. You have Kelsey in the middle. You have Pryor, who's a good run blocker on that side. And you have Lane Johnson right next to him ready to go, too. So the fact that you have those three guys, and if you say you want to throw a tight end on that side, I think you have a lot of success going up that right side, right side and running off that right side of off tackle. So I think Pryor is a, is a definitely a better fit in a guard, and it will be interesting to see what he does against Allen.
0: And you bring up the t- uh, having a tight end on that side. The Eagles re-signed Richard Rodgers for what seems like the 100th time on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> you know, he knows the offense. He's a big guy. He can block. He can play on special teams. Uh, I would look for him to be active on game day despite just rejoining the team. Plus, you know, he spent the entire summer playing for Washington. So he's used to going up against their first team defense pretty regularly. He can kind of give some pointers. He's got some insight on what they do well, what they do poorly. Um, So, I mean, I don't hate the signing. I I think they made a mistake by letting Noah Tongi go. But, uh, you know, if you got to make if you get lemons, you got to make some lemonade. So um, speaking of that you know, the lemons of the COVID-19 virus have really impacted the NFL. One of the ways that the NFL is trying to counter that is by allowing veterans on the practice squad. Now there's 16 players on the practice squad and you can have six players of any experience level on on said practice roster. Uh, Josh McCown, who is now the oldest player in the history of the NFL on a practice squad, uh, you know, he's going to be in there kind of as a player's coach on Zoom calls He's quarantining in Texas. We brought him up the last podcast. Uh, here's the funny thing that Carson Wentz had to say about his uh, former slash uh, current teammate, Josh McCown. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. You know, I think, you know, having Josh around last year was was huge for uh, for me, but really for this entire building. You know, I think he's just provided a lot of insight, a lot of energy. Um, you know, he was kind of a mentor to a lot of guys, you know, his um twice the age of some guys in this building so you know i always give him a a little crap for that but um it's awesome to to have him back and you know to what level he's engaged you know we'll we'll kind of wait and see um as we go but um yeah i'm pretty proud of him also for setting you know another record this year for being the oldest practice squad player uh he just keeps setting new records so uh no it's always good to have him around and you know we'll see how it unfolds for the season so we bring up mccown to talk kind of about the practice squad in general right uh now, due, new, due to the new CBA, the Eagles can and every NFL team, for that matter, can bring up two guys from the practice squad uh, you know, throughout the season. Um, this week, they protected four players. You're allowed to protect during the COVID-19 pandemic, you can protect four players on the practice squad to prevent them from signing elsewhere. Those players were guard sua Opetta, defensive end, Joe Osman, cornerback Trevor Williams and wide receiver uh, Deontay Burnett. In theory, you would think that they would raise two of those guys to the main roster. Now, if Jalen Rager, who we brought up before, does not play in week one, logic kind of permits that they they raise Deontay Burnett, who had a standout training camp. Um, the Eagles only have four healthy wide receivers if Rager's down. That would be Deshaun Jackson, J.J. Orsegal Whiteside, Greg Ward, and John Hightower. Burnett's played in the Eagles system. He's played in games for them. He knows what to do. He can be the backup slot receiver to Greg Ward. He could also pri- provide some, some insurance behind Deshaun Jackson as well. I think the Eagles were smart to were lucky to get him back on the practice squad. Now they'll have him to elevate. I think the other guy you look at is Joe Osman. If Barnett's down, you bring up Osman. If if you feel like the offensive line needs some more backup, I think you look at Sua Opeta, uh, Trevor Williams is interesting because he's probably the guy with the most outside cornerback experience of the potential backups for this team, along with Craig James and, and Craven LeBlanc. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of elevate guys. But from your standpoint, Chris, how much how helpful is this ability to to bring two guys up from the practice squad and who would be the two guys that you would bring back up?
1: Oh, it's huge. I think when you can you allow yourself to go ahead and open your your mind, you open your play calling either offensively defensively. I think it's great, and I think you can keep a couple more guys fresh. If you decide to throw two of those players onto special teams, you can go ahead and rest a couple of the other players that normally would start or have a bigger impact on your offense or your defense. You can go ahead and rest it. So I think it's great. I think personally, if I'm looking at people to either bring up, if and it's a big if. If Drager is not ready to go, then I do bring Burnett up. I, I really do. I think he's played well enough to earn that right. I think he can go ahead and fit into this offense to go ahead and uh, – not, I'm not going to say he's going to have a 10-catch game, but I think he can go ahead and get you two or three catches if need be. So I think that's, that's one way to go. The other guy – I'm looking at Trevor Williams. And the only reason why I'm saying that is I think he can go ahead and he's a little bit more versatile. You can throw him in on a kickoff team if you really need to. You can go ahead, and I think with this team only having, you have a Craig, even though you have Craig James on there as well too. I think Williams is still experienced enough. to go ahead and add in. I think he'll he won't miss a beat. And I think also as well too with the amount of uh, you, and you don't know what Washington's going to throw at you. You don't know if they're going to go five wide. I know they have the Eagles have enough safeties to go out to basically. It'll be great and have like a second team of their own. That they're that close as many safeties. It feels like that at least anyway. I think we had a guy like Trevor Williams and experience and everything ready to go. And, and also on special teams, I think he's the guy that, that I would possibly has another one. Now Oostman's done great. And if Barnett really can't go, I seriously consider him, but I think I, at
0: this point I'd probably go Williams over Oseman. So you, you brought up Craig James, which kind of leads us into our next uh, conversation. You know, the Eagles named eight captains uh, on Wednesday, Craig James was one of them. Uh, So the Eagles are going to have two special teams captains, three offensive captains and three defensive captains. Duke Riley and Craig James will be on special teams. The defense has Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and Rodney McLeod on offense. It's Carson Wentz, Jason Peters, and Jason Kelsey. Um, I mean, I think the offense is kind of self-explanatory. I think when you look at the defense, those guys make sense. They're long-tenured players. Special teams is interesting because James has kind of had like a skyrocketed stock out of nowhere uh, this summer. Um, and then I think Duke Riley's a guy that they really believe in and they almost believed in instantly. If you talk about a guy who's had like a career turnaround in the last 11 months, Duke Riley's a guy who is the Eagles internal comeback player of the year, sort of, you know, he was kind of left for dead as a draft bus, a former third round pick at Atlanta, uh dealt with a lot of injuries and now he's he's a two-time special teams captain for a team he's been on for 11 months it's a pretty remarkable story um what did you think of the captain uh, designations
1: i actually think it was it was a good it was a unique way to go ahead and do it i mean you see most teams probably have about like five the fact that he went eight it was like that shot in the number eight i was like okay that's all that's a lot of captains but it goes to show you that either they feel, they believe, the team believes they have a lot of leaders in that group, and the fact they actually gave two special team spots, two two special teams players to seed I think it shows the importance they want to place on special teams itself. I and mean, I think that segment of the game gets overlooked a lot. I think you definitely need to have Carson Carson once your quarterback. You definitely want to do that. Rodney McLeod, I think, is an interesting one as well too. I thought that was a thought that was a really good thing. I think he's done well. I think he's a good leader vocally. In and out the locker room, I think that was a great one as well too. Fletcher Cox, you know he he's just he he's just one of the long standing Eagles, and you want to have guys to sh- to show that that's been there with the organization for a long time to show that longevity and continuity in the way the Eagles way to do things. So I think that's great. And, but seriously, the Duke Riley and Craig James thing with both of them happening, I thought that was very that was very interesting. And I was and I, normally some teams throw out their kickers, they throw out like Jake Elliott or someone out right there. I thought. I thought maybe he would at one point would be named a captain, but I guess not. But overall, I thought eight eight was, it was a very surprising number of surprising amount of captains to have on a team.
0: Yeah, the one omission that I was kind of surprised with was, uh, was Zach Ertz. I understand why Jason Peters is getting it over Ertz, but it's just an interesting situation overall, especially when you consider his contract kind of being up in the air and those extension talks uh, going the way they are. Anyway, so let's get into our preview. Normally, most weeks, our preview will, will be much earlier in the show. There's just been a lot to break down, obviously, because it's week one, a lot of, you know, auditing of the roster and such. But um, we head into week one with not a lot of clarity. It's it's this is a unprecedented off season meets an unprecedented season meets an unprecedented week one. So um First off, I want to talk about who are the three Eagles players that you're looking at that have to have a big game this 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 weekend, this Sunday, Chris?
1: Well, the first one I'm going to talk about, I think, is Lane Johnson. And I think we're going to have a great preview of what's going to be for years to come. Remember how we used, we basically used to watch the John Runyon's versus the Michael Strahan's? Well, I think we have another one developing when it comes to Lane Johnson versus Chase Young. I think when you look at primarily where Chase is going to be playing. you got a guy who could be a pro bowl player, all pro type player if he lives up to his potential for the next nine, 10 years versus a guy who's established as one of the premier right tackles in the league. If not, if he's not one top three, he is the best right tackle in the league. So it's going to be a little, that chess match that goes on between the two of them, how to move and counter move, what, which ways to go. I mean, Johnson's only seen college tape of, of, of uh, Chase Young, but Chase Young is, he has a bunch of film on Johnson, so it's going to be see how well they adjust as they go along. Second player I'm looking at is J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. I think especially with Jeffrey most likely not going to be in the lineup he was recovering from a list Frank surgery. I think when you look at White's, Arcega-Whiteside, he looked like he was better in training camp. If he can, can go ahead and continue to develop this and show this on the field in week one and be that guy who was drafted to potentially replace Jeffrey? I think that's great as a, especially as a possession receiver, to go ahead and use that big frame of his to go ahead and get big first downs, run slants, outs, stuff like that. I think that's another guy I'm looking for. The other guy is going to be Nate Gary, and the reason why I say this, we don't know what, we don't know how Washington's going to come out. We don't know if they're going to come out and throw this some weird offense we've never seen before. We don't know if they're going to come out and throw something that's traditional. But I think the key is going to be how Gary's going to help line the rest of the defense and start shifting everybody into the right, getting them in the right positions to do that. And then not only, say, in the first half where you're trying to see, like, okay, this is what they're running. This is the sets they're running, the formations, and what they're running out of it. At halftime, getting together with Jim Schwartz so they can both talk it out to say, hey, you know what? They're lining trips to the right side here. When they do that, they may put it. they may run weak side. Zone on the other side. It's little stuff like that. I think the communication's gonna be great, and then in the second half, once they see what happens, actually utilizing those adjustments and making sure that they go ahead and try to go ahead and get get acclimated and uh, keep the defense stout. So those are three guys I'm looking at. Who are you looking at?
0: Well, I mean, the first guy to me is obvious. It's Carson Wentz, right? Uh, He's always done well at FedEx Field, or at least since his rookie year, he has done well at FedEx Field. Um, I expect him to carry that over. Uh, I think, you know, his chemistry with Deshaun Jackson, if that can return this, I think Eagles fans will feel a whole lot better about this season and this outlook. Um, I predicted the Eagles to go nine and seven this year um, and get the sixth seed in the playoffs. I didn't, I had Dallas winning the division. So hate on me in the comments. But as I've said on Eagles Extra, our insider service, which you can sign up for for two weeks free uh, and get tons of analysis in the middle of games instantly sent to your phone. Um, My main concern is the questions on the offensive line. They are dealing with three notable factors on there between Jason Peters moving back to left tackle after spending an entire summer at right guard. Uh, He's also 38, did I mention? um you know Matt Pryor is a bit of an unknown as optimistic as I am about him and then Lane Johnson missed about 10 days of uh, of training and can't practice uh with an ankle injury and now he's going to have to start at right tackle against like you said Chase Young so uh how Carson's able to deal with that in the pocket how he's able to buy himself time to throw the ball downfield and get his wide receivers open uh with timing and and his prowess in the pocket I I'm just very interested to see how he handles all the adversity in week one because, look, this team hasn't faced any live game action. You can talk about tackling in practice, but when it all is said and done, you're not playing opponents that you play against every single day, it's a little bit different. And I think Carson Wentz can, can really get this fan base either excited or depressed with what he does in week one. Uh, the second guy I'm looking at is Deshaun Jackson. I mean, look, the guy's coming off a very long offseason, as he admits. Um, and look, I think the offense is going to go as he goes in a lot of ways. Because if he is able to stay healthy, he's changed up his diet, he's done yoga. Um, you know, if he can stay healthy, this team has a bona fide safety stealer, is what I call him. You're always going to have double coverage on him. Which makes life easier for the tight ends and for Miles Sanders. Uh, with the rookies, they're gonna have to prove it. They're gonna have to prove that they can get open and make catches. Like Jalen Ranger is not just gonna be respected off his first round tag. He is going to have to make some plays before he commands safety respect. So Deshaun Jackson automatically comes with that. What he does speaks for itself. So if he can get off to a, a great start, again, this off-season or er, this offseason of you know, whoa, Uh, you know, it's amazing. I was talking to Zach Rosenblatt about this. The lack of hype for Deshaun this offseason compared to the unsurmountable hype for him last year is very weird. Um, Look, I get it. The off the field stuff, um, the the social media posts, I get why, you know, why he drew the ire and he drew the ire of of me as well. Um, but I think from a a on-field standpoint, this guy is ready to rip. Like he is ready to go. Uh, we spoke to him Wednesday and he said to get your popcorn ready. So, uh, a callback to Terrell Owens is always a good sign for a wide receiver. And then the last guy I'm really looking at, and maybe this is a cop-out because I'm going with like all the big names, but Darius Slay, I mean, he really struggled against Terry McLaurin last, last year. And the Eagles are paying him to be a true number one cornerback. They're paying him to be a top five cornerback in the league. You know, we've seen him get, I don't want to say worked, but we've seen him get worked by deep speed, for lack of a better term. And so I'm wondering what happens with him and Terry, how that battle goes. Terry ripped apart this secondary last year. Uh, Will Darius Slay be able to change that? Will Darius Slay be able to change his own results against Terry McLaurin from last year? That'll be intriguing to me. Um, and, And as we talk about Terry and we talked about... Chase Young. My final question for you today, Chris. Outside of your final thoughts, who are you more concerned about in this match in in this in this game, McLaurin or Young? I'm actually
1: more concerned about Young. The reason being is I know Slay has had some trouble at times when it comes to speedy receivers, but I think there are little things you can go ahead and, and shift over, especially if you're in a nickel or a dime. Where you go ahead and you can shade a safety over toward his way, or yeah, it, it, there's little, I think just think there's little things you can do that way too. I actually what I, I, I basically bracket McLaurin and go ahead and focus on and let Sims try to prove himself that he's going to be the wide receiver that can go ahead and try to hurt you hurt you at all. I think when it comes to young, it's bad enough you, you don't want anybody disrupting your whole entire offense. And I think what the Eagles have with the weapons they have available. If Wentz gets time to go ahead and actually do his thing, I think they're going to be okay against this defense. The problem is going to be is if you have, if you do wind up having Young in your face in your in your face all the time, especially coming from your right side to side, you can see you start to get a little little happy feet. You start thinking like, okay, I might have to go ahead and get rid of this ball like a second early, or I want to start trying to start playing my scramble because I don't want this guy who's all continually getting beat right in my face. So I think what the problem Young can have or create against this Eagles offense, I would definitely have to say Chase Young is because if you don't have time to go ahead and try to get it deep to Jackson or if Rager plays or even like say a, a crossing route or a scene to Zach Ertz, if you don't have time to do that, then I think you're going to be in trouble anyway. You're going to come one-dimensional. So I think Young's the bigger, uh, the bigger threat here in this game.
0: Well, so – I'm going to disagree and I'm going to say McLaurin because he's the known, right? You know, we're, we're all basing this off of Young's college shape. We know that McLaurin can ball in, in, on the NFL level. He's also going up against a guy who's coming off a poor performance against him. And he's a guy with a lot of expectations and the fan base can turn one way or another based on what McLaurin can do. Um, I also see some issues potentially arising with, with Jalen Mills playing strong safety for the first time. I could see Rodney McLeod having some difficulty back there. As far as communication goes with so many different moving parts in the secondary. Uh, this is really not a dress rehearsal. They haven't had a dress re- rehearsal. They're going to opening night without a dress rehearsal. So I'm, I'm anxious to see how the secondary kind of copes with all of the changes that are going on back there. They've got a new secondaries coach. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts. Like, Yes, if, if Jack Driscoll starts at right tackle on Sunday, Chase Young is definitely the guy. But I, I think if all things are equal, McLaurin's the guy that I had the most concern about. You know, guys, we'll, we'll be covering this game inside and out. Beforehand, after, if you want the inactive sent straight to your phone, uh, if you want, you know, analysis and, and deep thoughts during the game, as opposed to watching everybody just tweet out, you know, play by play, Eagles extra is for you. You can stay off social media. Uh, You can get up to date analysis throughout the game. Chris and I will both be sending you stuff. Uh, Like I said, we'll send you the inactives if you're a big fantasy football person. Um, And, you know, we'll give you all that commentary that you desire after the game on Eagles extra. You can sign up for it. It's in all of our articles, Uh, the link to sign up for eagles extra you can ask us questions uh, after the game we'll be happy to answer you and maybe you'll be featured on our post game podcast so you know chris what are your final thoughts
1: i cannot wait to see what Wentz does against this defense i'm entering his fifth year well relatively healthy barring the uh, minor groin injury he he said he sustained and he's good now I'm ex- I'm really excited to see if he can return to 2017 Carson Wentz as opposed to 2018 2019 Wentz. I mean, I think he had a good ending to his year last year, basically carrying that offense and the team to the playoffs, and I think it's going to be interesting to see if that's a carryover that he can go ahead and lead this offense to at least another playoff run itself. So, he's the one guy I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing And as the quarterback goes, so goes a team. So he's really excited. And just the fact that we're here finally getting to talk about week one, this is just, ah, it just feels great to go ahead and start talking about week one again, but that's, that's where I'm at and cannot wait for Sunday.
0: And I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, wow, this is happening. You know what I mean? So, um, (laughs) and speaking of, speaking of happening, make sure you download the no huddle show podcast, wherever you download podcasts, look, we're going to do a post-game show um, on Sunday. Really excited about that. Uh, it's going to be Chris's debut in the post-game show, and he'll be producing it, so it'll be a wild ride for all of us. Um, you know, So make sure you download us. Make sure you sign up for Eagles Extra, and we will see you on Sunday when the Eagles take on Washington.